But we are excited. We have our teacher here, this woman of God that God has anointed. Amen. With this word of God. And I tell you, I am enjoying this word. How many of y'all out there enjoying the word? This word is something else. She's going to come forth with the word of God. And we just, let's be praying for her. Amen. Keep sending your encouragement. And here she is now, Sister Danielle Branch, in Jesus' name. Hello, everyone. How's everyone doing out there? We hope that your week is off to a great start so far. Thank you guys for joining Faith Search. Um, my, again, my name is Danielle Branch, and I am a proud member of Redeemed Assembly of Jesus Christ, where every seven days a miracle takes place. So um, we're on Zoom tonight, and I want to hear some feedback from you guys on how the lesson is impacting your life. Have you discovered any lies? Do you have any testimonies of mental, mental victories? Um, or has something in the lesson you've been able to apply to your problems and now you look at things as look at things a lot differently. If you're out there, just kind of unmute yourself. And I just want to give a little bit of time for that tonight. Hello, this is Pixie. Hi, Pixie. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Um, in response to your question, face surge. Well, I, I definitely think that this is a time that our faith has been tested. Say, I don't think anything could have prepared us for this. But when I, you know, early on, when I thought back to all of the things that Bishop had us doing, how he had us fasting and praying before this time, and I'm like, wow. You know, we were being prepared for this time, and we didn't really even know it. But we were obedient, and we fasted, and we prayed, and we prayed and we fasted. I think that that has definitely been helpful to me in my walk because, and I was exposed to the virus and I have not been tested, but I've had symptoms. But thank God, like, according to everything, I'm not even supposed to be talking. You know, who knows? I could be in the hospital right now, but look at God. I thank um, God because he is... He's so faithful. Yes. And my faith, my faith has been crippled, you know, double, like quadrupled even. You know, I'm so thankful to God because he is a living God. And y'all know I could just go on and on. But each of the lessons, I write them down and I go back and I review and see how it does apply. You know, we, ha we have to give thanks to God through everything, through the good, the bad, because we know that it could be worse. So I am grateful. That's where the gratitude comes in. Yes. Um, I, I'm just so grateful for everything, you know. So I have that attitude of thanksgiving and gratitude because I know that he's been faithful to me to everyone, you know, just, just to be able to be present on this line, yes. you know, that shows his level of faithfulness, his mercy and his grace. And just, he's so wonderful. He's so many things. I just can't even say it all. Oh, I, I'm talking and talking and talking and, you know, I'm just so thankful right now. I'm so thankful to God for my church family. I'm thankful for all the prayers 
and Bishop and First Lady, you know, they, they work so hard. You know, we have to admonish those who labor over us. And, um, you know, and you, the first family, all of you, you know, working together, you know, for our church family. I just, I'm just so full. I'm just so full and so thankful, so blessed. All right. Thank you for sharing, Pixie. And we thank God for your victory report. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Um, right. Praise the Lord, Danielle. Praise the Lord. This How is Kevin. Good. How Kevin. are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm blessed. Um, I've been sharing your cabin thinking. I had someone log on last week and they just were blown away by it. The, um, and so have I. Um, you know, it's been a little different for me. Because I've since the age of fourteen, I've always worked, and now I'm not, and I'm driving crazy. It's driving me crazy, but God has just been blessing me yes. and um, doing amazing things and teaching me, and I'm learning so much. Um, mm-hmm. Not just through what you're doing, because that has been mind blowing, but um, just praying more now, and and I'm not as stressed as I was when this thing started. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost at ease, like it's not even affecting me in the way it used to. So I'm just I'm thankful for that. Thank God for the brothers in the church. Um, God has just been good to me. So that's my testimony. Amen. And this house behind me, a year and a half, it'll be mine. <laughs> it'll All be right. paid off. And that, right. that's just a blessing because I didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> but God has just been good. So I praise God for that. All right. Thank God. We got time for one more. Hi, Danielle. This is E. Ramsey. Hey. One of the things that God has been dealing with me with is one of the things you said is the enemy wants to take the emotions and spiral you out of control. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, what God has been teaching me in this season is do not allow don't attach an emotion to someone else's behavior. Yes. And so yes. when you said that, that kind of solidified what God has been teaching me, because I know sometimes when people do stuff like, say, for instance, if someone is rude or if someone, um, you know, is disgruntled or they're, they're just hard to get along with, sometimes we can attach an emotion to their behavior. And that would stop God from coming in in his presence to be able to deflate this situation or for you to even to hear God. Because the first thing that goes when it comes to anger and things of that nature is your hearing. You can't hear. And so that has really connected with God has been teaching me, which is do not attach an emotion to someone else's behavior. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, everybody's not worthy of your response. You know, sometimes to, to remain in control, you just have to have the spirit of ignoring. Yeah. And you just have to keep on going and saying, you know what? I got bigger fish to fry. I got All a bigger right. destiny to reach. Right. So everything is not worthy of your reply. You know, you have to determine that. And that's a part of Bishop, you know, when he started this year off, he was saying, keep your heart with all diligence. And you have to realize what affects your heart. You know, sometimes you just have to just push ignore and just keep on going. You you can't stop there because if you entertain something on that level, you'll be stuck there for six months, three months, any any time that you're not supposed to be there. It's too too much time. So sometimes you just have to ignore, you know. 
Just because you don't want to be healed doesn't mean that I have to own your problems. So that's a part of controlling your heart, controlling what comes in, controlling what you see and what you what you want to add value to, because everything is not worth the reply. You got bigger fish to fry. You got souls that need to know about God and you got a big destiny to reach. All right. So tonight I want to talk about um, in our cabin thinking the fear and the worry and the anxiety. Um, So I want to read Philippians 4, 6 through 8, which is one of my favorite all time scriptures. And I want to it's. It starts with be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then they got the last one in the message one. It says, I'm going to read verse eight, summing it all up, friends. I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true. Is it true? Noble, reputable, which means it's proven, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. All right. So he is very, Paul is very specific. Now, he's not the run of the mill guy. This is somebody that been through everything. He's been through everything you can name that the humanly you can really go through. But he's saying, be anxious for nothing. You, you mean it's when he was locked up, he wasn't anxious. You know, you got to think about this man's life. Yeah. The one that he qualifies the statement because of what he went through in life. But he, here he is telling us not to be anxious hmm. about nothing. You know, we had some, we, in our life, we have many things that happen, but you're telling me not to be anxious for nothing? Nothing, nothing. You know, what about the things that's out of my control? He says nothing. nothing. What about the things that I don't understand? He says nothing. nothing. So you have to read the scriptures. Now you cannot add your own human interpretation to scripture. God allowed this to enter our love letters so that we could live by it. The word is to protect us. It's not to keep us prisoners, but it's to actually give us freedom. So to be anxious for nothing, God is perfect. Even when life is not, God is perfect. God is perfect. Even when life is not, he is perfect. He's perfect in thought. He's perfect in detail. There's nothing about you that escapes him. God answers all prayers. He answers all prayers. No, slow, go, no, slow, go, grow and go. He answers them all. It might not be the answer you want, but he's answering them. And you got to realize that God's answers are not our answers. Sometimes, um, um, I'm going to share a little personal story. Uh, Delmar was very adamant about being healed in 2019. He was very adamant. Even one of the members offered him a kidney. And he said, this time I want God to do it. Yeah. Well, his healing didn't look like what I was praying for, uh-huh. but he was, he was healed. And sometimes in your life, what you're praying for 
you might not like God's answer, but it's him answering to his, to the best of his love. And it works out for your benefit. You don't understand it when you're going through, you're just like, what is going on? But God, I pray for this. And then it says that your love made the best decision in the whole situation. You made the best decision possible because when you, when you have a relationship with God, you know that it's the love of God that's making decisions on your behalf. But we have a, we have a choice to trust instead of fear. We have a choice. I want you to understand you have a choice. You have a choice in how you feel. You have a choice in your anxiety. You have a choice in your fear. You have a choice. You have a choice to worry or you have a choice to have faith. You have a choice. But what we do is we start and we spin out of control. When we do the work, we risk telling someone even what we're worried about. When it sounds silly, we still get worried about the person that we tell. We worry about every Every single aspect because we're so guarded and we so want to look like we got everything together. But sometimes things got to come apart so that they can be put together correctly. You know, so that's still God's love as well. And then the lies that we entertain paralyze us. So then we can turn around. God gives you one, let's just say it was one service and God reassures you, you are called to the nations. You are supposed to do this. You are to heal the sick and you are to raise the dead. And then you leave that service and you're paralyzed by fear. And I don't mean for a day. I mean, you can look in people's lives and see that they have been paralyzed for 20 or more years. And instead of saying, Lord, in everything, I'm going to give you thanks in everything. Be anxious for nothing. Instead of you taking that time or us taking that time to do inventory, what we start doing is pointing at people as to why we're not what God called us to be. But you pointing your finger is not going to get you to your destiny. So you got to take the time to just take that inventory. God, why am I anxious? What about me don't, does not trust you? What about my mind? What about where I've been? Could have been an injury. And then the thing about God is he gets all the blame, but he's not going to get all the glory. You know, people love to blame God. But they never return to give him the glory. You know, it's humanly, humanly, we are designed to worship something. We are designed to worship something greater outside of ourselves. And I'm just glad to be found that that's God for me. That's Jesus Christ. But we are meant to worship something. Some of us. We think we're worshiping God, but we're worshiping our problems. We're, we're worshiping what happened to us. We're worshiping our past. You know, you got all of these idols in your life and there's no space for God. Faith makes space for God yes. and it makes space for his power. It yes. makes space for his provision. It makes faith, space for the word to come alive in your life. Yes. Make some space for God today. Yes. Yes. How about things you cause on yourself? You know, what about that time where you couldn't practice that delayed delayed, delayed gratification? Uh You know, a lot of this stuff is not the devil. It's just 
crazy decisions that we made ourselves and we still trying to, who did it? Who did it? Who did it? No, I did it. I did it. You can, it's three, you can always decide three people you can blame yourself, the devil, but God always comes through. Okay. So if you want to blame God for anything, blame him for his goodness, blame him for his mercy, blame, you know, give, give him all of his glory because the way is made. The real secret of an unsatisfied life lies too often in an unsurrendered will. Does God have your will? You know, you could be totally under unsatisfied today because you have not surrendered what God wants from you. That that place that you are so afraid to try again yeah. is what God wants. And most of the time, that's the area that God uses. That's what makes you unique. Yes. And that's what yeah. makes him use that to draw people to, to you, to Christ. Yeah. So... Whatever that unsurrendered area is, give it to God. He wants it. And then it says, but in everything, that's everything, great, small, every, every spiritual condition, every trial, every hope, every fear, every reference. We got to give it to God in everything. Whatever you want, your your wants, concerns, afflictions, your embarrassments, your trials, your spiritual, when he says everything, he means everything. There is nothing that happens to you, happens for you, that God is not concerned about. He's waiting on the conversation so he can let you in on his revelation. Just give him, give him that conversation. And I mean, I don't mean God is not like man. You got to come to him just as pure as you can be without any restraints, without anything shielding you between God. God already knows your heart, but for God to work, he has to be invited. And a lot of times we are waiting on God and we haven't even asked him. God invade this situation. God come into this situation. God fix this situation. But instead we just stand there and we we, we worry about it. We have fear about it. We have anxiety about it. But when you look around, God, I never asked you to come into this situation. All right, all right. So stop today and just everything that comes to mind, because during this time, a lot of things are going to come up. A lot of things you thought were resolved are coming back to the surface. You may be like, I thought I got over this. Yeah. And now here it is again, punching me in my gut. But the only difference is this time, God, I'm going to give it to you. This time, I want to know your opinion of it. This time, I'm going to practice the word. And you can't practice the word if you don't trust God. If you don't, all unbelief goes back to God. And without faith, it's impossible Impossible. to please God. So give him that situation. Give him that situation today and say, Lord, you're welcome to come into my situation. And I make you Lord of this situation. That's all he's waiting for. That's all he's waiting. He's just waiting to be Lord Mm -hmm. of every situation because he loves to show up as God. He loves to show up as the hero. Mm -hmm. He is our hero. So if you're in despair, he's waiting to come to your rescue. Hallelujah. God may not always 
You may not always be able to tell man, but you can always tell God. You can always tell God. Supplication, oppressing petition. This ain't something that you can live with or live without. And sometimes we pray as if, well, you can answer this prayer or you ain't got to answer this prayer. But it's time that we come and we get oppressing our heart like, I want this, God. I want to see your glory in the earth. I want to be an instrument that you can use. You call me to greatness, and I'm tired of selling for little places like Zor. I am tired of living in my little space. I am ready for you to expand in my life. I'm ready to know a different aspect of your character and your nature. And until I can say yes, until I can invite you in, until I can give you my anxieties and my worries and my fears i'm stuck stuck. at the end of the day i'm still stuck with a bunch of desires that i'm afraid to ask for the god that you say you serve you're afraid to invite him in your life because of the uncertainty but at one point or another you got to say i trust you god i don't understand but i trust you god Thank you, Jesus. His love does what's best for us. When we pray, we must remember the love of God. We have to remember the wisdom of God. And we have to remember the power of God. We must trust the love of God. Whenever you're praying, trust the love of God, trust the wisdom of God, and you got to trust the power of God. There is no power greater than his. There is no knowledge or wisdom greater than God. He's lending his knowledge to man. But yet and still, we will trust somebody wrapped in flesh and blood, and we will trust ourselves. We will trust everything that has failed us time and time and time again, but we won't trust the love of God. We won't trust the wisdom of God and we don't trust the power of God, but he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. That's the God you serve. Activate him with your faith. Okay. All right. So let's look at what anxiety is. Anxiety is the the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. The beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. You know, I didn't understand anxiety a lot until last year when I had about five panic attacks and got to my last breath. That was anxiety on steroids when you were like i don't know what's going on and and i know some of you have had panic attacks and it's just it's not anything real and can you imagine putting yourself through all of that and it's not even gonna come to pass it's like when you were a kid and that boogeyman monster in the closet that you waited to get you every night and he and to find out he never was real Look how many nights you missed of sleep over the boogie monster that was never real. Or for some of you, you might have watched Freddy Krueger and you might have said, oh, my God, I am afraid that he's going to come and get me only to realize that. And this is how we do our lives. You know, we are afraid and we waste years. We waste energy. We waste power on things that are never going to come to pass. Now, let's look at worry. The old English root 
which means worry means to strangle, to actually strangle. So it's not nothing that you just doing. Oh, I, yes, I have a concern about that. No, worrying is strangling you to death. It's strangling your faith. It's strangling the one thing that you need. You got to look at this thing as an arch enemy. It's a robber. It holds you at bay when it feels like it until you say, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. But worry is to strangle, strangle. The physical consequences are headaches, neck pains, ulcers, back pains. Worry affects our thinking, our digestion, and even our coordination. So this is nothing. This is not something that you, you're just going to live with. It's something, see it as what it is. It's an enemy against God yes. and it's strangling the life out of you. Yes, yes, yes. Worry is the opposite of faith. The Bible says now faith is the substance. I might not have it, but in my spirit, in my heart, it has materialized. And I don't know about you. I don't know if you've taken up some dream vacations just where you are. Yeah. And you took a vacation and you said, you talked to somebody. I talk to people all the time. If you had a million dollars a day, what would you do? Mm-hmm. And we'd be like, we're going to build a church. We're going to do this. We're going to do it. It ain't getting no realer than when we was talking in faith about it. All the right. only thing that was wa- we was waiting to happen was to touch the money. That's all we were waiting for. But, the, but we lived in the moment. We yes. lived the dream. It couldn't get no realer than what we were discussing because our faith was activated. Now, I want you to activate your faith. Activate. Start talking about the things you're scared to say. Yes. Say, it. say it. Say it and say let God it. do it. You don't, you got to get out. We have to get out of our abilities and finally tap Ooh. into the power of God. Oh. Don't be afraid. He put I just like to think about it like this. God, you touched me, touched my heart, gave me a desire just so I could say it so that you can show up as God and then prove to me and the world who you could be. It's all God ordained. He's just waiting for you to say it. You are an agent of creation. So if you're afraid to say, you know, you might be out there saying I'm an evangelist. Say it. Own it. And watch God make you who it is, not you make yourself. But you have to allow God to make you because until you say it and until you own it, you will never be it. You almost need to put it in your title. Tell somebody, tell somebody, even while you're afraid, while you might be the one that's like Moses, afraid to speak, but but, but, but you feel like God called me to the nations. Then you start saying it. I'm an evangelist. God called me to be an evangelist. And you start meeting it each one by one. It's not like, don't wait for the big stage. Your big stage right now might be that one person that's sitting beside you at work. Or that may, that big stage may be that neighbor that's waiting on the answer. But there's a stage already prepared for you. But you gotta own your greatness. God doesn't make junk. Own your greatness afraid. If you call yourself an intercessor and you've never seen God work in your life, pray. 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 Collect 
the prayer request and pray yes. and tell them, watch God work. Yes. That's how yes. confident we have to become in God. The, the thing about it is uh, for, for a lot of times, we're no different than the world. We got the same anxieties. We got the same worries. We got the same frustrations. Why do they want to serve our God if we got the same worries as they do? But I challenge you today, own your greatness. Own your greatness. Let God expand himself in your life. Let him shock you. You already have taken too much time blowing up your little weaknesses and your shortcomings. I dare you to put those in the hand of God and let it expand Bust your mind, blow your mind as to who you can be. You are created for greatness. Yes, yes. All right. Worry is wrong thinking and wrong feeling about circumstances, people, and things. Worry is the thief of joy. It's the thief of joy. And some of y'all, I know, I know for a fact because... Even in getting this lesson together, I I couldn't get myself together. I said, I feel like I just need to take a nap. I felt so worn yes, out. Yes, yes. And I, we, we get rest. But then when I went to bed, I started waking up. And, you know, people were falling on my heart. But I just felt the, the real weariness yes, of people, yes, you know. Yes. You're in the house. You cannot run from your mind because there are no more distractions. And God has given this us this time to really, yes. really, for the people of God, it's a time where we really, really need to lay aside all of our weights and our sins and see it as God sees yes. it. Look again. Look again. Look again. Yes. Look yes. again. There's greatness in that. Worry does an inside job on us. It takes more than good intentions to get the victory. Yes, it does. You can intend on doing something and never do it. But now it's time to do the work of Christ. It's time for God to show up in your show up in your life and work through you, not the neighbor, not the pastor, not the priest. You, you you are the man for this hour. Will you stand up and own your greatness? Own your greatness. If we are to conquer our fear and experience a secure mind, we must meet the conditions that God laid down. There are three. Right praying, according to Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Right thinking, Philippians 8. And right living. Right praying, Right thinking, right living. Right praying, right thinking, right living. Worry is the advanced interest you pay on troubles that seldom come. Worry is like a rocking chair. will give you something to do, but it won't get you anywhere. The only cure for fear, worry, and anxiety is faith. What are you worrying about today? Take a minute. Look, look, you are your doctor during this time. You can't go to the doctor. You're going to have to get this thing together. And it's going to cause for effort on your part. Faith without works is dead. And we've been dead too long. 
So let's wake it up. But take a time. Take time. What am I thinking about? Where did this thing come from? I'm telling you, God is the best physician there is. Yeah. Lay out before him and he will reveal everything you ever wanted to know about yourself. Yes. Yourself. Yes. So what are you worrying about? Is it real? What are you worrying about? God has proven your worries wrong time after time after time. So why do we keep going back and worrying about a situation? Are you most likely to worry about something that is to happen or something that could come? Either way, it's worry. Remember, it's strangling you. You're not going to get anywhere. It's giving you something to do. It's occupying too much space in your mind, but you're not going anywhere because you're worrying. Unafraid. Now, it gives you these questions in your head. What if my worst nightmares come true? They probably think I'm not good enough. The wrong way, the wrong way that will happen to me if everything is out of control. Basically, what is going to happen to me if I give up control? I'm so inadequate and my job is probably going to fire me. I'm not wanted. I'm not loved. I'm helpless. Any minute something horrible is going to happen. Have you ever had been in a part of your life and so much stuff happened? Do you start expecting catastrophe? You speaking something out your mouth, but you like any time now. Uh-huh. And I know sometimes you've been in relationships. How about those people out there that's been hurt so bad yeah. so many times yeah. when the next person come, you be like, yeah. in five, four, three, there's the betrayal I was waiting for. Right. So you kind of start becoming your own prophet. Yes, yes, yes. Whatever you prophesy, you create. What if I fail? What if I'm not enough for this work? That's a familiar familiar whisper. I'm worthless, all right? Nobody sees me. <laughs> that doesn't matter. If God sees you, trust me, there's a stage for you. That's right. That's right. Choose the truth. God is enough for me. God chooses the least qualified to get his work done. And you're already qualified because you're already called. Mm-hmm. I am qualified. Yes, yes. Fear is a gives you in a downward spiral. It torments. The scripture said, fear torments. It torments, it torments you. Yes, and when you are fearful, it you don't need no enemies. Mm-hmm. You ain't got time for no enemies. No. And one thing about it is. You can get distracted all day long, but it's something about when the night falls, when that's a place of inventory and it gets quiet. You know who you are. You know your shortcomings. It ain't no such a thing as you don't know what's going on with you. You know exactly what's going on with you when it gets quiet and dark. You know what's going on you, but will you surrender that to Christ? Will you surrender that to Christ? The truth of the matter is what we we're telling people about other people is how we feel about ourselves. That person might not even be thinking about you. You didn't even make their agenda, but because you feel that way about yourself, you choose to be a gossiper, a backbatter and tell other people about something, how you feel about yourself. The challenge is 
it wouldn't have an effect on you if you knew who you were. All right. All right. All right. Problematic circumstances. Okay. The enemy has snared us with two little words. What if? All of your fears start with what if? What if it doesn't work? What if God doesn't show up? What if I'm embarrassed? And a whole lot of it got to do with our pride. And we can only give up that pride so God can really work us. We could be what he called us to be. But he torments us with those words, what if? What if? If If you look in your life right now, most of all of your fears are starting with what if? if? But I challenge you today to switch those two words to these two words, because God. If you start, if you replace those what ifs and you put because God mm-hmm. in the front of that sentence, yes. you're going to have a whole different result. Yes. Because yes. God is with me, he's yes. greater than anything that could come against me. Yes. Because God is my provider, yes. I will have everything I want. Yes. Because God sees me, he's mm-hmm. with me. Yes. Be- started with because God and watch the, the results switch. Yes. Two yes. words make a difference. If you take out the what if, because there is no what if with God. God is certain about what he's doing. Bishop said God already knew what he was going to do. He already has goodness mapped out for you, but you can't serve somebody you don't trust. You can perform, but you can't serve Mm -hmm. if you don't trust. All right. Two words. All right. And it causes us to resist the authority of God. And it breaks up our relationships. So instead of you being a true friend, all you are is a manipulator. Because you don't realize who you are. Y'all, y'all have seen these people. Y'all, you know, oh, every time you get in their presence, all they can do is talk about somebody else. And every time they talk about somebody else, they have nothing going for themselves. Nothing. If you just take the time to do you, you ain't got to you ain't got to worry about somebody else's yard. Your yard is big enough to mow. How about we take care of it? Yes. All right. We interrupt those those lies with the truth. Freedom begins when we notice what's binding us. What is binding me? I want before before you get out of this quarantine, it is so important that you take the time to know. God, why am I not where I'm supposed to be? If, the, if you're reading the word and it's not coming alive in your life, then there is something inside of us that's blocking God that's from right. moving in that area. Yes. But we yes. got to want to give it up so he can really move. You know, the word, if, if you're looking for wealth, wealth is there. Yes. But you just got to stop wanting to be in control of everything. Right. And one thing about it, prove yourself to God, not to man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's bigger than man. Be what, what God, what you think of me surpasses what anybody else thinks about me. Because yes. I'm telling you, there's going to come a time in your life when nobody's going to agree with you. But you got to know that you're right with God. And you got to know that God sent you. Look at Daniel. 
Look at all these one mans in the Bible. Look at Daniel. If he waited for public opinion, he wouldn't have prayed. But he prayed after they gave him directives. He prayed to God. And had he not prayed, nobody nobody would have said, I'm going to serve that God. You, You get it? If those people hadn't went into the fiery furnace, Nobody would have seen what God, who God was and what he could do. All of these one, one man standing, people can be against you. Nobody has to understand as long as you're in God, stand up. One man standing makes a difference. And these people got a whole book in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So you got to realize, be secure enough in God to stand up for what's right and pursue greatness, pursue. What thought is taking you captive? And then you got these these things that happen that cause us to fear. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be a spouse. It could be that you were molested. It could be that you were raped. Some things that happened in your life that were out of your control now causes you not to trust God. Because remember what I said, all blame gets back to God. Even when we didn't allow him to be in control, we still blame him for whatever happened. But if you're out there and you had something that was devastating to happen to you, and now you wouldn't trade it for nothing, I want you to say, that's me. That's me. I thank God for what he allowed me to go through because it made me who I am. And now I know who God is. Now, if I never was sick, I never would have known he was a healer. If I never thought my mind was going to snap, I never thought it would be a mind regulator. If I never ran out, I never... I never would have knew that he can supply all my needs. See, it's some things that happened to us. If if my mother never forsook me and my father wasn't there, I never would have known him as a father, to be a father. There's so many aspects of God that we discover in one problem. Trouble is your friend. And I think Elder Wilson brought that that thing home. Trouble is necessary for growth. All right. Because I think believe she said you found out who you are and you found out who God is. Two things. One move of God does multiple things. One move of God. You think he's moving on behalf of one person and he's moving on behalf of a hundred people at one time. So you got to you got to trust his moves. Trust his moves. Trust his motives. But taking every thought, know your triggers, know your triggers, know your cycles, know when you're about to take this spiral, this spiral out of control. You got to catch them thoughts. No, it says taking every thought, every thought to the obedience of Christ. And if you are willing and obedient, God will move. But you have work to do. This is not something God's going to do. This is something that you have to do. Take control of your thinking. All right. Taking control of your thinking. And I said, casting down imaginations. We went over all that in every high. It's high when it's above God. You make it above God. You say this is this this means more than God. You say this has more knowledge. You say I know better than God. You exalt it above the knowledge of God. Tear down every idol against the knowledge of God and bring it into <coughs> captivity. In captivity. Captivity. 
every thought to the obedience of God. Oh, tell that thought you're going to obey God. I'm not going to entertain you. I'm not going to give you an audience. You're going to obey God. No, I am not going under. I am going to triumph in every situation. Everything is working for me. Make it obey God. Make it obey that word. And that's why the word becomes so important. The only way to prepare yourself for the future is to have faith. Faith, 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 faith. All right? And don't get caught up in them INGs. It's happening. Keeps happening. It happened. Now I'm moving to victory. It happened. Yes. Now that doesn't mean that you have you don't have to fight through some God's answers don't look like our answers. I told you that his answers don't look like our answers, but we have to wrestle again. That's why it says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Cause after you finish fighting yourself, you ain't got no energy. And I do mean got, you don't have no energy after you finish fighting yourself and fighting to believe and fighting, fighting, yes. fighting. You don't have strength to fight somebody else. That's right. So bring it under, bring it under. Bring it under every high thing. God, what have I allowed to exceed your knowledge? What have I allowed to exceed your word? What boogie monster have I made an idol in my life? Am I afraid of lack because of I didn't have something when I was a child? Am I afraid to make the next move for the next house because my parents lost everything. Am I afraid to love because I've been abused before? I mean, you got to look at this thing and call it what it is. It's fear, worry, and anxiety. God promised to gives us ultimate, give us ultimate hope in absolutely every circumstance and to meet our needs. And it's one thing. Anxiety is the interest paid on trouble before it's due. So sometimes you paying for something that you never were intended to pay for because you have anxiety and worry. You keep creating bills that you, you're not even supposed to be paying because of your fears and your anxieties. You're stuck in little places because of fear and anxiety. You have been robbed years of life because of fear and anxiety. Move, do something great. Practice faith. Put yes, faith in yes, motion. Yes, yes. You're afraid. You're afraid of being counted out. Mm-hmm. Write the book. Mm-hmm. Tell somebody about Christ. Yes. Write your sermon. Practice it. Put yes. some stuffed animals in the room. God has to bring us to the death of our control so he can fulfill his purpose in our lives. 97% of what you worry about is punishing your mind and is nothing but an exaggerated misconception. Mm-hmm. Exaggerated. All right, and I'm going to read these little couple of scriptures. First Peter 5, 7, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Then Proverbs 3, 25 through 26, no need to panic over alarms or surprises or predictions that doomsday is just around the corner because God will... Be right there with you. He'll keep you safe and sound. Isaiah 1, 7, for the Lord God will help me. Therefore shall I be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like flint. 
and I will know that I shall not be ashamed. First Corinthians 10, 13, no test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. What you have faced, someone has overcome. So that canceled the excuse. All you need to remember is that God will, will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you come through. And so I want you to think about this. If you rely on yourself, you'll get what yourself can get. If you rely on your education, you'll get what your education can get. If you rely on your job, you'll get what your job can get. But if you rely on Jesus, you'll get what Jesus can get. Yes. Yes. All right. All right. So in conclusion, these are three questions. These are questions I want you to ask yourself. Is it true? What does God say about this thought? Is it true? What does God say about this thought? To answer that question, you consult with scripture and you do it with trust. You have to make a choice. Put it on the, put it on the right side. Is God saying this or am I saying this? All right? Put it on the right side. If you're saying it, then I want you to qualify it with scripture. If it doesn't qualify with scripture, it's a lie. Yes. Yes. It's a lie. Okay. Everything that you are, are you and me sh- are believing should be according to the scriptures. That's our lifeline. Okay. So ask yourself this. Is my thoughts based on facts? Does it help me to achieve my goals? Does my thinking help me feel the way I feel? If the answer is no to any of these questions, you got some emotional thinking going on. All right. God is going to bring you to your destiny, but you got to be ready. Got to be ready. And if your thinking is irrational, then you are unable to receive from God. So you will keep missing your appointments. You will keep missing your promotions. You will miss out on life. Are they facts? Does it help me to achieve my goals? Does my thinking help me feel the way I feel? There's a place of hard work and there's a place of hard waiting. Who you become in your waiting process will determine who you are in the end. The process means more than the prize. The process means more than the prize. All right? Keep battle for your thinking. Battle. There are some things that makes holes in your Christian life. And worry, fear, and anxiety are three things that will put holes in your Christian life. So today, I encourage you. Casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. And then we're going to go back to Philippians 4, 68. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. That means I know you're coming through, God. That's where the thanksgiving come in. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard. They'll guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus, all right? And then the verse eight, I get it out of order, but read it. And those are the things that you concentrate on. Thank you so much. Do y'all have any questions?